Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hey, 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 it's Fat Ralph, and I got a story for you, and guess who's here with me, too? Oh, yeah! We got Mushmouth, and drinking all the Rollin' Rocks, party with each other, rock and roll combat! Yeah, 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 gonna have a good time? Yeah, 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 Emmett, 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 Emmett. Oh, man, supposed to say hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. You drunk bastard. Fuck me, you bastard. <laughs> Hi, Ian. How you doing? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm pretty good, dude. All right, man. Let's let's get into this shit because, uh, you know, that there and the other thing. We don't really have a lot of time because it's kind of like a long review. So, you know, let's fill it up. Uh, for now on, also, we got to let everybody... We're not going to be dedicated to do two-hour shows. There may be shows in the future that's going to be much shorter and some shows that'll probably be longer. But uh, this week we're doing Slayer. Don't worry, I, I, I yell it properly during the review. Okay, good. So good. what's going on, man? Hey, we got something, man. Maybe uh, all my begging worked out. And uh, we have an iTunes review to read. Holy mackerel and cheese. Yay. Right. And uh, it's a five-star review. So that's a good thing. Hell yeah, I know about this review because I told you about it. Oh yeah. Uh, this one, it, it's kind of weird. It's a weird review, but it's five stars and hey, that's what matters. Right. And this this is from the guy, I can't believe they allowed this on iTunes. Uh, Scared Shitless of Women wrote us a five star review called Excellent Deep Catalog Rock and Metal Combat in Parentheses Podcast. Scared as shit of women. Yeah, yeah, weird, weird name. Weird name. Okay, well, he says, and I quote, I stumbled upon Rock and Metal Combat Podcast via a Facebook post for an episode where host Ralph discussed Black Sabbath's Headless Cross album. I probably shouldn't have been on Headless Cross on Facebook because at the time I didn't have a job. My lazy ass was sitting there collecting unemployment, scared to leave the house. Anywho... Black Sabbath is my favorite heavy metal band of all time, and Headless Cross has the distinction of being, in my humble yet dumbass opinion, the most criminally underrated album of all time. As of writing this, it is currently not available digitally and has never been available digitally to boot. Plus, I'm too fucking cheap to buy a copy off of Amazon. Wow, you oh, got like well. the unedited version. I, I didn't read that one. Yeah, the, this guy, he pulls no punches. Wow. And it's darn near impossible to find any podcasts that cover the also criminally underrated Tony Martin era of Sabbath. Needless to say, now that I'm aware of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast and their penchant for discussing less popular hard rock and heavy metal albums, some other favorites of mine they've discussed include Black Sabbath's Born Again, Kisses, Music from the Elder, and Unmasked, Judas Priest's Point of Entry, and Van Halen's A Different Kind of Truth, I'll be listening lots. And if you have a penchant for the same, you should too. I feel like I'm forgetting to mention someone or something. Oh yeah, 
I myself have always wanted to be a podcast co-host, but I am too fucking lazy to put in the hard work and dedication it takes to create a show. I would much rather guess on other podcasts and be a fucking leech who adds nothing to the episode and sometimes doesn't even know the fucking album. Oh well, look where I'm at now. I'm currently the co-host of the Christian Corndog Comedy Hour. Well, <laughs> well, Comedy Hour, yeah. I have not heard that podcast. I'm pretty sure nobody else did either. But uh, anyway, he says, oh yeah, Bill Wang is a fantastic guest, as is Lee Gersman, Nate Atchison, Greg Barnes, Terrence Fernbark, Mark, Mike Tyler, Scott Green, etc., etc. If any of you will start a podcast, please have me on so I don't have to do jack shit. I shamelessly need attention. Please look at me. Oh, boy. Ow! Yikes! <laughs> yeah. All right, I see what you did there. That, uh, But anyway, I, I personally um, have no... Uh, have no egg to beat in this one. Hey, look, I came up with a new thing. Um, it's a guy that's a huge fan of our show, and uh, but you know, I mean, uh, for some reason, Ian got the unedited version. But I want to thank him. Uh, I thank you for that review. And uh, this guy considers us the greatest podcast, and puts me and you on his top as the greatest podcaster. But now it's just me. But I, I, I you know. Uh, it, you know, honestly, you are like up there with me on his list. He just, you know, has a problem with you now, or, or you just both don't get along. So, yeah. I, why, why you got a problem with me? I got a fucking dick. You're scared of women, asshole. What are you, what are you pissed at me for? <laughs> All right. <laughs> fucking no talent, jerk off, uh, jerk off. You're a jerk off, cause that's what I think. Oh. Anywho. <laughs> That's our review, and you too. I mean, you know, and if you're a decent fucking human being, I'll, I'll, I'll read uh, exactly what you wrote. So keep those iTunes uh, reviews a coming. We love them. Speaking and, of uh, reviews, yeah, we got YouTube reviews. Well, well, well. Before we get to that, I'd like to do a, a, a rundown of uh, of our iTunes because uh, we can see we're really picking up new listeners because in our top ten right now is, uh, man, our past is coming back, and I think it's awesome. Coming in at number 10 this week on iTunes is episode 86, ACDC, for those about to rock. That's an oldie. Uh, coming in at number 9, episode 123, Ozzy, Bark at the Moon. Number 8, Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Number 7, Sammy Hagar is Full of Stuff. Uh, number, what's that? Number 7, is Year in Metal Part 2. Number 6, Ozzy, Ultimate Sin. I don't remember that episode. We did an episode about Year in Metal? Yes, Year in Metal. Wow. Uh, what, metal? Like Golden Shower Metal? Yeah. yeah it, it's an underground niche, but it exists. Man, it must have been, real, it must have been one of those Friday shows I was really drunk. <laughs> Golden Shower! Uh, I'm going to add another hit. i got to find out what Year in Metal is. i got to figure out. <laughs> Oh, I should have uh, mentors made that list. Yeah, you're right. Number five, Black Sabbath, Volume Four. Number four, Iron Maiden, Somewhere in Time, our third episode. Number three, Metallica, Justice for All, our fourth episode. Number two, Ted Nugent, Weekend Warriors, and number one is our current episode on iTunes at this time, 
Alice Cooper Brutal Planet. Wow. It, awesome. Yeah. So that's a good mix of like uh, new shows and, and people going back and discovering the classic older episodes. So 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 the last two episodes we have uh, are at number one and two. Yes, yes, and then three and four are from our third and fourth episode. And, uh, you know, as of the time we record this, you know, we're on episode 143. So people are going back, doing their history, learn about the podcast, and that's great because there are amazing episodes in our vaults. Yes, and, and, and also it's, an, it's, a, it's a show you can learn stuff from. Fuck, I'm about to go back and, and learn, learn about urine metal. That's right. That's going to be awesome. It's tough to listen, listen to when you're pissed off. Yeah. Or you're pissed on. Oh, I see. I see what you did there. Yeah? I'm clever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, how about those YouTube reviews? Because that shit is taking off like crazy. Yeah. I'm thinking that's somewhere our new listeners are coming from as well. Uh, yes. And uh, the first one, I just put up a YouTube exclusive uh, from uh, last week. Ian and I and Wang... Uh, spent about seven hours on Skype. Woo! Well, really, me and Ian did. Uh, Wang came a little later. But we have about, like, yeah, like four hours worth of Wang stuff. And, uh, but before we got uh, Wang on the phone, Ian and I did uh, a review thing, but we started talking about porn. And there's some of the review stuff that didn't make the final cut that's really good. So I put that up today, and we already got two comments from uh, DJ Mac. Nice. Um, and the first comment, which is funny, man, because I thought this was the best part of the porn episode. Uh, he wrote, ha, 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 Ian got in trouble with the missus. Oh, shit. <laughs> when your chick walked in, then he said, Ian, they say that guys who have a thing for anal have underlying homosexuality tendencies. Ha, ha, ha. What are you laughing about? We're both homos. Well, man, yeah. I didn't know DJ Mac was a homophobe. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> DJ right. Mac wrote that. Well, that's interesting. I, I never knew that a man's asshole is like a woman's. Maybe I have to check it out. Thanks for clarifying that for me. Well, you figure, man. They both shit tumbled both out of the same thing, you know. Anyway, <laughs> and I always always had that saying. I'm like, because I'm not really into anal sex. I'm not into it. And I'm thinking to myself, how different can it be? fucking a girl's ass than a guy's ass. They, they're both assholes, and they both serve the same purpose, you know what I mean? So it's like, when you're fucking a girl in the ass, it, you know what it feels like having gay sex. I mean, I figure. Just less hair, I hope. Exactly. I would never know because I am the catcher. Alright, so the next uh, the next one is uh, episode 32, Pantera from oh boy, a future guest. That's right. We we got it. We got it all covered. Uh, Mr. Max Power will yeah. be on a future episode. Uh, and uh, so here he is talking about the Pantera. He said, "Warner Music and Sony can eat a bag of dicks." It took me four tries this week to finally find a vintage rock and metal combat podcast episode that wasn't blocked. It's kind of ironic situation. Ralph and Ian review kick-ass albums, and in the process introduce great music to folks who might not have been familiar with it. This likely drives at least a few record sales and the revenue for these companies. Here's my analogy. Two guys walk into a bar. One dude tells the girl that they're... I'm sorry. One dude tells all the girls 
there how awesome his friend is. The second guy in turn punches the first guy in the stomach. Make sense to you? Me neither. This this is a great episode for a couple uh, from a couple years ago about a record that helped metal fans hold their heads high during the dark days. It was cool hearing some memories about concerts from Pantera peak time period. I also appreciate the photo slideshow and video clips gathered for this episode. Until now, I have never seen pics of Pantera during their glam phase. It's like looking back at goofy middle school photos, only more awkward. <laughs> Before I go, Rock and Metal Combat podcast listeners, let's do some math. Take a number of episodes you listen to and multiply it by two. That's roughly how many free hours of entertainment the Rock and Metal Combat podcast has brought you. Where else can you find a deal like that? So take a couple of minutes to put something in the tip jar. Write an iTunes review or subscribe to the YouTube page. Cabo Wobble isn't going anywhere, I promise. It will suck just as bad when you come back to it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> this guy's badass. Oh, man, I can't wait to get this guy on the show. Uh, Jeff Hallett on the Motley Crue um, Theater of Pain episode. Nice. Still love you guys. Best podcast ever. The album reviews are great, but my favorite part of the show is when you talk about how you each discovered a particular album. That and the concert stories, along with the humor. Fucking brilliant podcast. Just can't believe nothing off of Exile on Main Street. I mean, Theater of Pain doesn't make your list. I hate the fucking album. Rock on, boys. Okay. Uh, he also said on the same one, uh, how did I miss this episode? Anyway, you guys know I'm a huge fan, and I still listen to the 15 worst uh, crew song episode, but once a, uh, about once a week, just to laugh. How in the fuck didn't any songs off this shit album make your list? <laughs> Doctor Fuck, what the hell's wrong with you? At least Ayatollah had the balls to put the turd merry-go-round on his list. <laughs> the Porter sisters are all over Save Your Souls. And how about City Boy Blues? Ugh, this album is full of cheesy. Nikki Six lyrics, absolutely Bush League bullshit. Is this untouchable? After all, it, this is Motley Crue. Well, the thing about I gotta say, you know, I mean, yeah, I gotta agree. I I, I hate saying our souls. I like the the City Boy Blues, the demo version, but come on, man. I mean, you, are you gonna fucking discount our top ten? Save your soul. Save your soul would probably be eleven, but come on. <laughs> And you, and forget, I, you gotta remember, I left a lot of shit from uh, Saints of Los Angeles off that album. Because every song on that album's a fucking turd. And I left it out just to give room for other ones. But Jesus, man, Save My Save Your Souls is like fucking Shot of the Devil compared to like all that other shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I actually like City Boy Blues. <laughs> I like the demo. I think it's a good song. I think that the, the Theater of Pain version seems. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't have. It's lacking something for me. It's a good song. I'm just saying. There's something about the that version. It, it's not as good as the demo. It's a good song though. I will say that. All right. All right. Our funny. Our, our, our funny. Our funny duddy buddy. Uh, Brody <laughs> left a bunch of. Reviews. Oh boy. Yeah, I know your favorite. My favorite too. On uh, the Rolling Stones, he says, "I have a question. Back in the day, did Charmin toilet paper? I mean." Rolling Stone magazine hate the Rolling Stones? Uh, the answer is no. They always love them. 
Uh, Downfall also says, Keith Richards either has one hell of an immune system or he's the emperor from Star Wars. See, that's pretty good. I gotta admit, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, you can't laugh out loud because it's Brody, but you, you made it funny. All right. Uh, Buck Futter. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I like this guy already. Yeah. This was from the Mark Calls Us Up episode. Can we just burn this guy instead? I woke up this morning with a thunderous <laughs> erection, and in my attempt to relieve it by searching for 70s Jamie Lee Curtis videos, I stumbled upon this putz instead. Total boner kill. Van <laughs> Hagar sucks, and your sunglasses are stupid. You know, you know who wears sunglasses indoors? Blind people and assholes. <laughs> I will give fifteen dollars worth of nutter butters to the to the first one who finds and sets fire to this bearded idiot. <laughs> and then he puts hashtag bring back my boner two thousand seventeen. What's this guy's name? Buck Futter. Buck Futter. Oh my god. <laughs> That rules, brother. That rules. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, uh, James West. This one goes out to when we responded to Mark a while ago. Which, by the way, we're, we really don't want to talk about Mark anymore, so we'll let the listeners talk about him. I'm just... I, hey, 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 don't fuck with the middle, man. <laughs> James West wrote, The dude's podcast sounds horrible. He loves Hagar, Load, and Reload too. Fucking Van Hagar is never going to happen again, please. Dude, I have friends that voted on both sides, and that's that's the way it should be. We all agree, and we're glad it's over, and I'm glad you guys just keep it metal on your podcast. Van Hagar will never happen. He's a wise dude. Yes. I have one news thing to talk about, and I think it's incredible news. Alrighty. Uh, Cheap Tricks recording a new album now. Yes, already. That's and, awesome. And Tom Peterson came out and said that they are, they want to do what they did in the 70s. Uh, they want to release an album a year. I mean, in the 70s, it was an album every six months. But they right. say they've written so much music, you know, even before the last album, that they go. And he said, why Why do we bother to write all these songs if we're not going to release them? So their plan is to release this album and then, you know, do a tour and then the next break, uh, record another album for 2018. So this album is projected for summertime of this year because as we speak, they are recording a new album, right? Well... And I think, you know, I absolutely loved uh, the last album after not really getting in too much into the two before it. I mean, you know, of course, I'm going to go back and revisit them because sometimes I change my opinion. I love but, the latest, but the two before that are very sketchy. Yeah, especially see, see, I, I, like, I liked half of Special One, and a lot of people hated that. Yeah, I only liked but two he, tracks off it. I liked, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't you, like Rockford at all. Yeah, I, I didn't care for Rockford. The latest... It was one of those things like I put it on and I'm doing stuff and nothing grabbed me. So maybe I need to give it like more attention. But, you know, for a band that's as long in the tooth as them, I think it's great. Yes, keep writing music and doing it while you can. I see so many bands. When you get that old, do you really have time to wait? You know, Van Halen, it looks like they're putting off doing anything till the 40th anniversary next year. I mean, every year people get older you know, you know, there's a chance something might happen. I think there's no time like the present, and Cheap Trick is taking the right attitude. Hey, uh, you know, we've got this energy. You know, uh, we want we want to share the stuff that we're writing. Man, 
just do it. I think that is totally the right approach. Don't wait for another year. Wait a minute, I'm going to wait for the anniversary. No, do it now while you still can, while everybody's still here. Hats off the cheap trick, man. They fucking rule. That's right. And speaking of Van Halen, another uh, little news bit. Uh, Michael Anthony recently was interviewed at NAMM, and they asked him, you know, the possibility of him rejoining Van Halen, and he said, never say never, and he also brought up, who knows, you know, ne next year is uh, the 30th or 40th anniversary of Van Halen 1, so who knows? Right. So maybe there is, might my, my, it might happen, keep your fingers crossed, yeah. and uh, sorry for you, uh, you two Van Hagar fans, it's not going to happen. Yeah, well, you know, you know, that's all in Eddie's court, because... Dave's wanted him there all along. Yeah, you true. know, but 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 even more than that, he wants to be in the band. So, you know, he'll keep his mouth shut to 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 be the lead singer of Van Halen, which he deserves to be. Uh, you know, and uh, but he he wants Mike back, and and the fans want Mike back. And and I'm not hating on Wolfie at all, dude. Wolfie's done a great job. Uh, I think he's a great bass player. He he's saved got... he saved Van Halen. Oh yeah, and and you know, for anybody who doesn't know. You know, Wolfgang is the one, you know, if it wasn't for him, Dave wouldn't be back. Because he went back and listened to the Van Halen. He's like, Dad, this is the good shit. And a lot of the set lists have been picked out by Wolfgang. And, you know, and more, most important out of all of them, because uh, of Wolfgang, there is a different kind of truth. And those demos. You know that fucking Wolfie made his dad re-record all that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, no, cause, Wolf, you know, and he rules, dude. And, and for my money, better bass player, technically, than Michael Anthony. But, come on, you know, you need, I'll take Michael Anthony over anybody in Van Halen. But, uh, truth be told, the kid can play, and he plays amazing. And it's all yeah. over that album, how good he played. Solid bass player, I have no complaints about him. Fucking great. It's just unfortunate we have idiots online that focus too much on his, on his weight problem, you know? Yeah, and, and, and half, you know, half those motherfuckers are fat as fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Half, <laughs> you know? half. I'm willing to bet more than half, you know? You know, and it's not like fucking Michael Anthony was like a fucking... Yeah, he, he ain't <laughs> like Van you know? he, he was always He was always the chunky dude in Van Halen to begin with. The only know? thing but, the only thing thin about Michael Anthony was his hair. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you, I just came up with that myself. <laughs> All right. Well, enough of this. Let's get to Slayer! All right, here we go. Yeah, rock and roll. All right, it's time to talk about Slayer. Uh, I think you said that wrong. Oh, I pronounced it wrong. I, I left a, late, uh, 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 a letter out. Yeah, try, try it again. Um, there, I got those That's letters. It. In. Awesome. All right, and we're gonna review 1983, no, 84 and 85, right? Yes, we're gonna give you a, an album and a half. Yes, on the chapel. And Hell Waits. At one time, Hell Waits was my favorite. You know me, I'm a fickle asshole that always changes my opinion on what's the best albums of bands. So Hell oh, Waits, Hell Waits was my favorite at one time, but then I switched and I said, no, you know what's better than Hell Waits? Show No Mercy. But now I changed it again. I'm like, you know what's better than, than Hell Waits and Show No Mercy? Haunting the Chapel. So I, 
as of now, it's on to travel. Because it has a little bit of both of the albums that were my favorites. You can see the bridge from Hell Awaits to, I mean, Show No Mercy to Hell Awaits with Haunting the Chapel. There's a little bit of both in that, in that fucking classic EP that, oh my God. And today on my walk, I, you know, not that I needed to refresh my memory, but fuck it. So on my walk, I listened to both in a row. And man, I was like listening to Hell Awaits today going, am I really sure this is better than Show No Mercy? But you know, in my defense, I didn't put on Show No Mercy. But, uh, oh, oh my, oh my, oh my Satan, this is so good. Um, you know, seriously, uh, it, it, it really does baffle the mind. Anybody that, you know, likes metal cannot like Slayer. They, they embody everything that's awesome about metal, especially these two albums. And listening to those, the two things today, I realize why. I like them more than Rain and Blood. And boy, I love Rain and Blood, but Rain and Blood, it, 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 it doesn't have that innocence that these two albums have. Like, you know, I forgot what song, I think it's Captor of Sin, where he goes, your skin turns to leather. You know, it's like, I love that, you know? So metal, you know? And, and that element's kind of gone uh, after Hello Waits, you know? Hello Waits still has that you know, sick, demented, even though, you know, everything else did too. But musically, it, it is a departure, uh, Rain and Blood, from these two albums. Yeah, it sounds like the same band, and it's an amazing album. But I've said this before, I'm sure, on this show. Uh, I don't like listening to Rain and Blood unless I listen to the whole thing. Listening to one track off it, it feels, I don't feel like, you know, uh, I'm fulfilled, where I can listen to like Kill Again or or Captor of Sin and, and feel fulfilled, you know, like on a mix. But if I listen to Rain of Blood and like Piece by Piece comes out, I'm like, man, I want to hear Altar Sacrifice, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can totally identify with that because I'm like that with, uh, I mean, I mean, bands that have nothing to do with Slayer, but like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin. I need yeah. to listen to that as albums. Uh, not as singles. Yeah, Pink know. Floyd, The Wall is a great example. And and Animals, you know. Great, oh, yeah. great, oh, great yeah. examples. Yeah, it's, it's those are albums. You have to just listen to the entirety. And yeah, Rain and Blood is so epic and so awesome and so short. And I love that. I love short albums, dude. I really do. Like, you know, look at all those classic Van Halen albums. They're so good, but they're so short. And that's so awesome. That's it. The worst thing that happened to fucking music was the fucking CD, man. Hey man, you know, the, the last Thrasher Die album, 32 minutes. On yeah. purpose, on purpose. We had extra material. We could have wrote a couple more songs for it. But I was like, no, 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 no. 32 minutes, that's good enough. You know, just. I'll kill her, no filler. And you know what? I didn't, uh, for the longest time, I didn't realize really it was that short till we started going into, you know, the mixing. You know, when, when we saw the length of the album, then. You know, there was a little grumblings in the band. Oh, man, it's too short. I was like, yeah, but that's good. You know, think of Fair Warning. Think of, you know, Rain and Blood. You know, uh, I used to have, like, back in the day, I had the cassette of Rain and Blood. And the album was on the whole side of the, the cassette. So what I did, and, and anybody out there that has Rain and Blood on cassette, dude, on the flip side, I erased it and put uh, Live Undead and it fit perfectly. So, Rain of Blood is basically an EP, you know? 
And, um, yeah, so I love it. Uh, can't really tell you the first time I heard uh, Haunting the Chapel. Uh, you know, I, I, I know, I, I believe it might have been Ultimate Revenge when I first heard uh, Chemical Warfare. But um, uh, I do remember specifically uh, not only, you know, hearing Rain, uh, Hello Waits for the first time, but why I bought it. And this is a funny story why I bought the... I was in L.A. This is back when I lived in L.A. for a little while. And I was on a bus going to... It was it was a record store called Lic Licorice Pizza uh, back then. And um, on my way there, I didn't know what I was going to buy. And, and I'm in a bus, and the bus stops at a bus stop, and somebody carved into the bus bench Slayer Hello Waves. And I said, oh, man, yeah. If they have that, I'm buying it. So I did. And I went home and, yeah, mind blown. Uh, I remember listening to it for the first time, thinking to myself, holy fuck, man, they, they, they outdid themselves. But, you know, I mean, there's something about Show No Mercy that has that innocence. And even Melody, right. like, you know, cryonics and shit like that. And, and you know, Face of Slayer has that maiden element where it was all gone. And I think that's what makes, to me, Show No Mercy so special. Because Show No Mercy sounds like no other Slayer album. In some elements, yeah, there's some songs like you know, uh, you know, Black Magic and shit like that, which you know you can see where Slayer's going. But you know, shit like you know, Antichrist and and the Cryonics and shit like that. It's they never repeated themselves with that type of shit, you know, that that type of vibe. But oh man, I'll get into it track by track. But you know, I'm sitting here uh, holding on to my nuts, wanting to know how you first discovered it. Uh, well, man, Ow! I didn't get in. Sorry, I was, I was squeezing too hard. Um, your voice, I didn't get dude. into the... Your voice Excuse is me? so sexy. You no. Made, you made me squeeze my nuts real hard. I get that a lot. Man, I can't wait until we're uh, done with this. We can get into some hot monkey gay phone sex. No, Skype sex. Yes. Hot monkey gay Skype sex. Yes, I can and, see and, you. And, and, you know, I mean, God is against uh, gay people, so... You know, we got to do this shit for Slayer. Yeah, you know. God hates us fags! God hates <laughs> us fags! Hi, Mark. Uh, I, <laughs> I got into this um, in the early 90s. I think I said it before when uh, we did the South of Heaven. <laughs> that I 90s. bought. Excuse me? Early 90s. That's like yeah. some fucking... Yeah. That's like some fucking snot-nosed kid comes up to you going... Yeah, I got into riding the lightning in the early 2010s. Yeah. Well, I did because I I bought uh I bought Rain and Blood and King Diamond Abigail on the same day, and and hated them both. I was like, oh god, this is fucking noise. I wanted something evil, but uh, you know, I was newly into metal and it was just it was too much for me at that point, and uh, so I kind of gave up on them. It wasn't until I was on vacation in. Uh, in LA in, in 90 that I heard uh, Seasons of the Abyss the, the title track on uh, KNAC when that was the big metal station out in LA and I was like holy fuck this is that same band I couldn't stand went out and got uh, Seasons fucking loved it you know by this point I'm starting to get into the heavier shit I already got into Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax and now I was ready to handle fucking Slayer and uh so went back, got, you know, South of Heaven, got Rain and Blood. But uh, 
I'd always heard shit about, you know, the first couple, you know, like Show No Mercy through Hella Waits, how horrible the production was. So I kind of put it off for a while. And uh, then when I finally got it, I think I got Hella Waits first. And uh, it was a grower, dude. I didn't get Hella Waits for a while. I actually got into uh, to Show No Mercy. That I got into right away because that was more like, like Iron Maiden and, and Priest on steroids, you know. So that was easier for me to get into. But uh, Haunted the Chapel and Hella Waits, those were probably like the last, you know, that was the last era of Slayer I was able to get into, you know, before it's like, oh my God, this is my favorite of the big four. So I, I think they're definitely growers, and I would recommend to people who, you know, like Slayer, but like, ah, the early shit, because I know a lot of people like that. They only like, like, Rain rain and Blood on. Uh, I, give it another chance, because Man, you don't I have get yet it. to meet a fucking Sapingo like that. A Sapingo? A Sapingo. What's a Sapingo? A Dick Wadenstein. Ah, but uh, no, surprisingly, I know a lot of Sapingos. And, uh, but man, once I got into it, and, you know, especially when I got into other stuff that uh, I was slow to get into, like Venom and, and uh, Merciful Fate and King Diamond, you know, you kind of see where all this shit kind of melded together and uh, how incredible it is. And, and, and now there's like, you know, there's nothing out there now like this. And it makes it that much more special, you know. You, you just you can't get this shit no more. Especially Haunted the Chapel. Yeah, it's a uh, it's incredible shit. So why don't we get into Haunting the Chapel? And you know, I'll mention that uh, uh, South. I mean South Avenue. Show No Mercy at that time was Metal Blade's biggest selling album. Oh, and really? Brian Slagle. Yeah, and Brian Slagle was like. Fuck, we got we got to get more out now. We got to strike while the iron's hot, and that's why he made them go in right away. Uh, he, you know, he's like, we, even an EP, we got to have an EP. We got to have more product to fucking sell, and uh, so he threw them back in. Uh, you know, before they were even probably ready to do this EP. Uh, this came out in June of 1984. So why don't you take the first track, uh, Chemical Warfare. I feel this is their free bird. Their stairway to heaven. There are no posers allowed. I uh, I love Chemical Warfare. This song is a standout track. You know, probably my second favorite, all-time favorite uh, Slayer song. Uh, it has everything that I love about Slayer in this song. The, the, the crushing, fast riff that starts it, the build-up, and you know, then the, when the band kicks in, and then like, it's just going ape shit. You know, with the dark lyrics about you know nuclear war, what we were facing at that time, and then like in the middle, it stops and fucking Tom yells, "Fuck it up!" God damn. Then it goes into chaotic, amazing. Just turn in your metal badge if you don't get this. Seriously, I'm sorry, dude. I, I know I'm like very vocal about respecting people's opinions. But holy fuck, dude, how can you listen to this and say, nah, you know, I'd rather listen to Metallica or Iron Maiden. It's like, bro, this is this is in the same vein. It may not sound like it, but it's a different shade that makes metal so fucking amazing. And Slayer, even though 
they're very respected. I really don't think they really do get to do is how groundbreaking they were, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and, and Chemical Warfare is probably the one song, the first song, I believe, I'd have to go back and listen to uh, Show No Mercy again, but the first song that's not really about Satan, you know? It's kind of like, all right, a different subject matter, finally, you know? And it's a, and another great, dark, just as evil as Satan uh, subject matter is, you know, the, the threat of nuclear war. And it's just musically amazing. And, you know, the one thing I don't like about this song was the last time I saw Slayer, it was the second track on the, on the set list. This is a fucking song that should end every Slayer show. Not, not Angel of Death, this one. Angel of Death should be like before the encore. Then they come back out and do fucking Chemical Warfare. Because it's the perfect closer. And it's like, you know, it is an EP, so I can kind of accept it being the opening track. Uh, but it's a it's an amazing closing song. And it should not be an EP. Like, right when they went into it, yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, cool, Chemical Warfare. But at the same time, it's like, eh, it doesn't, it needs to go at the end, the epic ending of any Slayer show to me. Or any Slayer mix. Because when I used to make tape mixes, this was always end. The fucking Slayer mix is Chemical Warfare. Worship the song. Definitely the best song on the on the on the whole thing we're we're uh, reviewing. And I will give away one thing. As I cut as I put my hand over my eyes and look further, I see I foresee no bad songs. Thank you. <laughs> uh Love it. Fucking love this. Like I said, it was definitely a grower for me. And then when I got it, it was like getting hit over the head with a fucking mallet. I mean, uh, just the, the growth, though. You, you know, a, you know, a, a six-minute, you know, thrash epic that isn't like a, like, like a quasi-ballad. You know, there's nothing soft about this. This is just six minutes of getting pulverized. Uh, with fucking molten metal, and and night and day uh, difference from from Show No Mercy, you know, just in the the epic scale of it, you know, and and the the progression of it, and uh, it's it's so weird for like Slayer is a band that's so like on one, you know, one way of looking at it, it it's almost like. Uh, Primordial compared to the other thrash band, you know, there's just something, just, I don't know, like almost caveman, like ah, you know, but but also leaps and bounds progressive wise. I don't know, man. I fucking I love this fucking track, and I, I do see what you're saying. Um, playing this too early in the set is kind of like just you know coming too quick. Yeah. You know, this th- th- should this should be one. I mean, in one way, I can see it like, yeah, you're going to make everybody, you know, blow their minds, but it's too good to be at the front. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because shit, you know, what if somebody's still in the beer line and they miss Chemical Warfare? Right. Then you, <laughs> you know? miss the show. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm glad it's a set mainstay. And, uh, man, this really shows you where they're going and, and how this must have been, you know, for, for you as a fan that, you know, knew the first album, you know, so you got to see the progression where, you know, 
I had to go backwards, but you saw the natural, like, where this band was going, man. It yeah. must have really blew your mind. Great it, track. It did blow my mind, but, man, it, it, my mind is so burnt that I can't recall the first time I heard this EP, but I do remember uh, hearing Chemical Warfare for the first time on the Ultimate Revenge video because it was impossible to find Haunting the Child back then. I found Show No Mercy at this import shop, you know, that... That's the you, man. You can buy Slayer at every store now, but back then it was impossible to find Slayer or Merciful Fate or Venom. That's you know it was called Open Book Records. I walked in, I saw the Show No Mercy album cover, and I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, because back then it was so taboo to be satanic. You know, I already was into Merciful Fate. I I discovered the EP before I got Show No Mercy, but I was on the hunt to find the most evilest shit ever. I got um, Welcome to Hell before Show No Mercy. That was another one that the album cover blew my mind, especially the flip side where, you know, he says like, the priest will drink my vomit or I'll drink the vomits of the priest. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta take this. Now the, the charm is gone. You know, with all the black metal and shit like that, it's like, dude, I, I, I welcome more, I think fucking Striper's more rebellious now. You know, with, you know, cause you know, in the, this infested satanic theme of metal that we have today that it's more it's like the everything's been flipped around you know because back then it was like so taboo and so evil and so you know ooh, you can't listen to this shit back in the early 80s because it was a different world now it's like boy you mentioned Jesus in metal and people lose their shit it's so taboo you know and it's weird how the world has turned into that, you know? Uh, it's it's evil to sell people hope. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's even more evil to talk about Jesus, you know? But, uh, but I still love this. And you know what? It doesn't... Today's world doesn't taint th this shit because this stuff still resonates to me. Like, when I, like I said, like I, when I was listening to today, all I can think about listening to this was that time when I was a kid. Listening to this as a kid. And since it came out during that time frame, it's never going to lose its rebellion. You know, because if this shit was released today, you know, I'd probably go, yeah, this fucking rules. It's great. Wow, this music's great. But it wouldn't have the same impact that, ooh, you know, oh, you know, haunting the chapel. Ooh. You know, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Immortal did it a million times before you. They, you know, and fucking uh, Mayhem actually like burned churches. So uh, sit down, sit down, choir boys. You know what I mean? But uh, but back then, this was like the most evil band on the planet, you know, along with Venom. And I can't tell you, man, Merciful Fade and Venom and Slayer, they were, all three of them were equally the evilest fucking bands out there. By far. Black Sabbath was like the first to sing about evil, but they were more singing about the warnings of evil. We're fucking... You know, play play the intro to Hella Wade's backwards, and it's like, join us, join us, join us. You know, it's like, come on, let's join evil, okay, everybody, come on, let's go to hell. But back then, you know, I mean, this was extremely taboo. You know, it's oh whatever. What, what's the next track? Chapter of Sin, I know. Yes, sir. Go ahead, take it. All right, uh, love this one. This is another one that's a mainstay in the set list. And this one, to me, is uh, the perfect mix of, of the new and old. You can hear elements of uh, 
show no mercy of, in this, and, and you can kind of see where they're going. But uh, where the first one is an epic, this you know this is a, a three minute like fucking just kick your ass and, and then they're out. But uh, Captor said, man, fucking fucking love this one. And every time I see them when they play this live, it's always like that's when you can tell like the hardcore you know Slayer fans because they're the ones still singing along and the ones just not like looking around or going for a beer when they hear Captor is sin. That that pit's fucking taken off. Fucking love it. What do you think? No, this song is like, bam. There ain't no fucking counting down. There ain't no like, you know, let's build it up. It's like, brrr, you know, like, bam, right out the gate, like fucking, you know, like opening the gates and the hounds of hell run out like a fucking horse track. Hot winds of hell burn in my wake. Death is what you pray. Behold, captor of sin. of sin. You know, and, that, and like I said earlier, your skin turns to leather. Wow, dude, that's so, I mean, I remember this as a kid, and I was like, you know, I, I, at the time, I thought this was the best song on the album, you know, I, I changed my tune now with uh, Chemical Warfare, because it's so epic and, and chaotic, but this one is just as chaotic, it's more to the point, it's short, it's insanity, it's just insanity, the way this song is played, the, the, the sheer you know, velocity of every fucking guy in this band is just fucking kicking ass, man, and thrashing the fuck out of fucking heaven. You know, this is like, oh my god. You know, like, you know, and, and, and those lyrics, you know, like, hardest of hell, spring your, spread your wings as I penetrate your soul. Feel the fire shoot through your body and I slip into your throne. You know, that's so fucking evil and awesome. You know, you know, Satan's well, child now stalk the earth. Born by my demon seed. You know, he's like, he's Satan. You know? I, I definitely agree with you there because I was the same way. Uh, because it took me longer to get into the, the more complex shit, uh, when I first heard this, Captor of Sin was the one like, oh yeah, because it reminded me of uh, of Show No Mercy. But uh, as time has gone on, I, you know, of course, Chemical Warfare is the favorite, but uh, that that's taking nothing away from this because this is pure fucking slayer yeah yeah and that and that's another reason why because by this time you know i've heard you know in that one year span show no mercy was constantly on my turntable i listened to that shit and it was i i don't know i might have talked about it on earlier did we ever do show no mercy an episode no no this is only our second i I believe we've only done uh south South of Heaven. heaven right yeah okay uh, but I probably did talk about this, you know. Uh, Show No Mercy didn't grab me at first, you know. Like, yes, I had the you same problem. I, I had the same problem you have. It wasn't until, you know, one day I finally got Black Magic, and I was like, oh man, this song's good. This is the only song I can hear. You know, like an idiot. And then, but then, you know, listening to Black Magic, I, you know, I, I, for a while there, I was playing side two. And then I started, oh man, I really like uh, the title track. I really like it, you know, uh, Cryonics. Let me flip this shit around. And then I finally got it, you know. And uh, so so by the time this came out and I finally got my hands on Haunting the Chapel, whenever the fuck it was, because I know, I know for sure I had it before um, Hell Awaits. Uh, I remember Captor of Sin was the one that grabbed me the most out of all of them because it was... It was very show no mercy ish, but a little more faster and heavier and chaotic. And 
another great example why this is my favorite Slayer release. You have fucking, you know, Chemical Warfare and this. It's like, dude, they're, they're, it's like a home run. And it's weird to think, you know, how, I guess it was because of Brian Slago, but can you imagine these fucking songs on, on uh, Hell Awaits? It'd be fucking insane, you know? Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I love it. And, and a couple of things that, you know, might have had some influence on this. Uh, you know, around this time, like, Carrie King definitely says that him and Jeff were huge into uh, Merciful Fate, and that's what got them into the longer, more progressive, and you know, uh, chord changes and different song structures. Uh, of course, Dave Mustaine says it's all because of him showing, you know, Carrie King how to play guitar. But also, uh, a very important part of this is Gene Hoagland, who was Slayer's roadie at the time, uh, getting Lombardo to play double bass because Lombardo didn't play any double bass on Show No Mercy. Right. And he and he got uh, he got Dave Lombardo into it. And at the time they were recording this, I don't I don't know what studio it was, but they didn't even have carpet on the floor for the drums. So while they're recording this, he had Gene Hoagland physically holding his drum set so it wouldn't go all over the place while he's doing this. And started to do the, you know, like, because the whole drum set would shake and move around. And uh, Gene Hoagland said, he's like, oh, fuck, I hope he gets this in one or two tracks, because this, this is a pain in the fucking ass. But, uh, wow. you know, so you're you're introducing a lot of, you know, new elements into Slayer's sound. And uh, that I, I, I would be even more, you know, uh, realized on the next, you know, studio album. But uh, would help create, you know, what people consider the classic Slayer sound. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it did, you know, a lot of people uh, blame Slayer to be like kind of Ramones-ish, but in their early years, they were, you know, they did kind of get stuck in a rut. And then, like, when they did try to change, I mean, I know you liked it, but it just did nothing for me. But when they tried to change back then, you know, they still kept the, the intensity of, Slayer and the chaoticness and the evilness, where later on it was like, okay, they kept the songs dark and evil, but right, got, you know, they went bouncy a little bit on a on Diablos and you know some of it, eh, it just it just didn't well, I, like, I, grab me. You know, another thing I think makes them stick out is they were really the only one of the big four that was heavily influenced by hardcore punk. You know, where Metallica was straight up, uh, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal on steroids. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and kind of, to an extent, uh, Megadeth was the same. And Anthrax, you know, was kind of like, I don't know, whatever was popular Anthrax did. But, I mean, I, mean, I, I love what they did. But, I mean, that, 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 that punk hardcore element. I think it is crucial to the sound of Slayer and what separates them. Not only, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's because, you know, the satanic thing. But I think it's that, that, that like primal aggression that you get from mixing this, you know, this thrash with the hardcore punk, uh, to me, gives them their signature sound. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it does, yeah. You know, I'm, I, a lot of people like, you know, oh, who's your favorite Big Four? A lot of people will say Slayer. Um, but it, 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 it's not mine, and I think the reason why is because, probably because of my age. Because I grew up with the new age, new wave of British heavy metal, and for me, the first three Metallica albums cannot be topped by any of the big four. 
you know. But, you know, I mean, I put Slayer up there number two, no doubt. And I put, like, yeah, Anthrax see. about number 113. Because Anthrax does not Slay deserve to be in the big four. Yeah, I understand they sold more than, all, you know, your Testament. Oh, I don't, I'm not a big Testament guy either. But, you know, I mean, they sold more than all these other bands. I'll put Testament above Anthrax. But um, Slayer was just... What, what Metallica did, uh, Slayer kind of took that and made it their own and plus added the evil element. And, and, and believe it or not, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, you know, they were very looked down upon by their peers, too. Because, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, you know, Slayer's great, but, you know, uh, you know Ollie did this thing about the, the devil, you know. It's like they pigeonholed them and shit like that. But then, like, you know, like, I, I well, I, you know, Metallica flat out said it at one point. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Anthrax... Yeah, I, I know... Oh, go ahead. I, I know James Newstead made a comment in the mid-'90s. He said... Uh, that he loves Slayer. He goes, don't get me wrong, I love Slayer. But he's like, you know, Slayer can only do Slayer and we can do whatever we want. Well, right. I'd, ra I'd rather hear Slayer than what they chose to do in the fucking 90s. Yeah. That's a damn shit. Jason used to get such a pass on the Metallica years. It's like, oh, he has all this integrity uh, out of out of the all four. Man, fuck that guy, seriously. Yeah, I don't really think, I mean, I loved Flotsam. I loved what he did in Flotsam. After after Doomsday for the Deceiver, that guy's never like played with that intensity ever again. Yeah, I understand Metallica held them back, but why is it that Metallica released all these hated albums, yet all these people that hate those albums, well, not all, but most that hate those albums, love Jason Newstead? It's weird, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, I, oh, because he's the bitch. But that wouldn't that make him even worse? Wouldn't that make him Tommy Thayer-ish? Well, I, I think what it is when... Uh... You know, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. I, I think why people look back fondly on Jason Newstead is everybody knows how shitty he was treated while he was in the band. And in the 90s, he was the only one that kept, you know, like proclaiming his love for metal and talking about metal when the rest of them wanted to separate themselves as far as they could. He was still outspoken about his love for metal. Well, I, I don't remember that at all. You, oh, I'm not and, saying and, you're lying. I just never remember yeah. that guy uh, flying the flag of metal during that time. He did no, during, no, the, during the long hair years, but then he shaved his head and, and you know, he got into, like, you know, nothing, nothing against Alice in Chains. I love Alice in right. Chains, but he proclaimed love for them, which is cool. But I'm just saying that, you know, it's not, he wasn't, like, you know, flying the flag for, you know, your motorheads and shit, so it became, you know, cool. But, um... You know, and what is the first thing he did after he left Metallica? Echo Brain. Remember that shit? No, oh, that was horrible. Dude, that shit made fucking Load sound like Load. That's true. So, you know... Gonna set it, it better. Exactly. So, you know, I, I really don't get the love for him, to tell you the truth. I don't hate Jason Newstead. Actually, I don't hate Metallica either. I, and I'll say this again. I'll say it for the millionth time. The only time Metallica ever pissed me off was Death Magnetic. They didn't piss me off during the load years of Black Album and St. Anger. I didn't like those albums, but I really did feel like they were doing what they wanted. Now, they weren't chasing no trends. I don't hear no grunge. I mean, if anything, I hear a little bit of dancing in uh, Until It Sleeps. That's about it. That's about as far as it got. Oh, that's a that's a terrible thing to say about dancing. Well, you know that, that kind of guitar, that Dirty Black Summer type thing? Guitar playing? Uh -huh. 
Right, don't, 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 don't shape John Christ like that. Sestinas. Well, you know, I mean, I love Until It Sleeps, man. I love that song. Yeah. But, um, you know, but, but anyway, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I respect Jason Newstead, you know, somewhat, but I don't respect him as much as everybody else does because, honestly, the guy was there during the load years, you know, and, and the Black Album, which everybody sees to hate, which I don't hate as much. Uh, well, I, I, I'll tell you one thing I will give him balls for, though, man, is, is he had enough balls to leave Metallica. And I always respected that. Because well, he, he could have sta stayed there earning a fucking paycheck, keeping his mouth shut. And he wasn't feeling it. He didn't want to put up with Hetfield shit. And I'll give him balls because in a world where you got a shit ton of Tommy Thayers that'll put on makeup and do all this to earn a buck, he said, you know what, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. So I, I like that. Well, it took him a long time to grow them balls, let me tell you. Yeah. You know, once once he made all that fucking money, then he grew balls. You know, uh, to me, I'd have more respect if he would have left right after Injustice going, what the fuck you doing with my bass tracks? Fuck you guys, I'm out of here. But no, that money yeah, was too sweet to pass up. So I, I, I saw those balls weren't developed yet. But yeah, well, let's talk about... Enough of this let's talk uh, about new something, step bashing. Yeah. Better than that, let's go to the fucking title track here. By the way, the uh, what happened to Jason Newstead's metal band? Oh, since they didn't sell too much, he grew balls and left it. All right, the next track, right. Haunting the Chapel, <laughs> Mr. Moneybags, Jason Simmons. All right, Haunting the Chapel. Let me tell you something about Haunting the Chapel. There's another one that made me go, oh, man, these guys rule. Because I remember the first time, because I was reading the lyrics, it brought, the album brought a sheet. I remember it brought a sheet. Not, it wasn't part of the... You know, the, the, the jacket. It was just a separate sheet. Just like, uh, no, 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 Halloween's wasn't a separate. No, I think Halloween's was a separate sheet as well. Anyway, you know, I do remember. Now, now this, this reminds me of the first time hearing this. Because I remember laying in bed listening to this shit. And the fucking opening line is the Holy Cross symbol of lies. I'm like, fuck, dude. You know? Intimidate the lives of Christian born, speak of death, the world of hate. You know, it's like, ow. And then, like, the other one is like, torment the priest. Their altar will soon be destroyed. Heaven's palace turning black. I was like, oh man, these guys are on Hell Express with King Diamond, man. I love this one. May not, I would say my least favorite of the three, but holy fuck, would I die to see them play this live. You know, there's a, it's a stellar track. It, you know, it, it, it almost hangs with the, with the first two. Uh, but, it's yeah, it is a deep one. This is something they very much neglect. Uh, I don't think this has been played since the Hell Awaits tour. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they played this during Reign of Blood, because the first time I saw them was Show No Mercy. And I haven't missed a tour since. Even the albums I don't like, I, w I went to all those fucking shows. And, um, but... Uh, Oh, no, no, that's not true. I didn't go see them with, with Marilyn Manson on, on principle. But, yeah, man, this is a great song. I love Haunting the Chapel. Evil as fuck. And chaotic as fuck is the first two. Keeping the element of pure chaos on their way to hell. What do you think? Uh, I fucking love it. Uh, you know, kind of looking at my notes now, I put Forgotten Classic because this is the one you never see him play live, you never hear about it. This one reminds me more of like, uh, more in the vein of Captor of, of Sin other than Chemical Warfare because 
this once again has the mix of you know elements that you heard on uh, on Show No Mercy, but also progression. Uh, but as I was listening to it today, I was like, "Fuck, man! Why don't they bring this one fucking back?" Because you always hear Chemical and Captor, and this is like the the fucking stepchild. But to me, is just as cool. Now, yeah, like you said, you know, if I had to pick, you know, this this would be the lesser of of, of the first three. But that it's not a bad thing, you know. It, it's still fucking awesome. And and same thing, man. If they would pull this out fucking live, you know, like you see so many bands. You know, and, and fucking Anthrax is fucking running it into the ground with keep performing uh, Among the Living in its entirety. But, you know, Slayer did their own tours, you know, where they did Rain and Blood. But, man, I would love a fucking Slayer tour that was fucking, you know, Hella Wade's fucking, uh, you know, Show No Mercy, you know, throwing the Haunt in the Chapel songs. To play that everything from the incredible. first three albums so me and ten other people can enjoy it. I know, but... I, I gotta say, like the last time I saw Slayer with Gary Holt here, and and they were fucking on fire. They were amazing when they pulled out the older songs like this. Man, the fans went fucking nuts. You know, I think if, if Slayer goes on tour, you're gonna get that Slayer crowd. I don't, I don't think it would hurt their uh, attendance at all if if they were to say, hey, this is what we're doing. Oh, you're right. People, people but but what I mean is like the ten people I'll be there with will get it. Right. Right. People but, uh, man, I, 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 I would love to hear this shit, and I think it would be good for, uh, I think it would be good for the band to get reacquainted with that era, you know, because I think it would help in, you know, the writing for, you know, the next album and shit, you know, because right. sometimes, you know, I, and I can, I can see like when you're in a band and you play this shit, you play these songs night after night, you don't go back and listen to your own shit. But for sometimes I think it's good for bands to remember where they came from and that like hunger and that intensity, you know. I I, I think that help could help keep you on fucking track. But uh, you know I've got no bitch about the latest Slayer record. I love Repentless. Uh, I I do hope the next one uh, they they let Gary Holt have a have more of a say because Gary Holt's fucking amazing. And uh, you know it, it's. It, it's so weird to see Slayer without Jeff, but uh, I, I, I thought he did great. And what a, what better guy could you have to fill in than than I, I couldn't think of a better guitar player. Well, to fill well, in. you know, you look at the past and the history of Slayer. You know, Kerry King has gone on record when him and Tom Mariah saw Exodus, they said we got to be more like that. You know, oh, and, yeah, and, and that was before Show No Mercy. I mean, this, oh, yeah. you know, Exodus has been around longer than Slayer. But oh, they yeah. didn't release their first album until '85. Right. Oh yeah, and that—that's what killed Exodus. You know, was taking so long to fucking get that uh, debut album out. I yeah. mean, you know, if you know, when you go back in the history books, that's what really fucked them. You know, but uh, but I, I think he fits in perfect, and uh, and you know, he has the same love and com- comes from the same era, so. Uh, I would love to, you know, get the current lineup of Slayer, and I have nothing against uh, Paul Bostoff. I, I wish Lombardo was there, but Bostoff is more than capable at fucking drums. He's an amazing drummer. And, uh, you know, fuck, listen to this shit and write a new Slayer record. That's he's, killer. He, he's amazing, but I like I like Slayer when they're not so in the pocket. You know what I mean? I like the, the, the looseness of Lombardo. I'm not not yeah. against Bostoff. He's amazing and everything, but 
there's something less chaotic with him being on the drum. He's great. And the last time I saw Slayer was the first time I saw him with Gary Holt. And it was great. I'm not saying it, it was a shitty show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but, you know, I, I still, I'll still put up. Like, you know, the best time I ever saw Slayer was uh, way later on. They played, uh, which we were talking about earlier, they, they uh, going back to the old shit, was uh, when they did uh, Raiden Blood in its entirety. Uh, that was the best time I ever saw Slayer because, you know, they did Raiden, they came out and they played Raiden Blood. And then they threw out shit like Fight Till Death at Dawn They Sleep and like really old deep tracks. Yeah, they threw out Shop of Heaven and War Ensemble as well, but I don't think they passed Seasons. It was like Seasons Down and it was like, oh man, it was a Slayer fan like me dream, dream come true. It's oh, yeah. Fucking show. And, it, and it was the return of Lombardo at that point. Yeah, and seeing the blood come down and shit. Oh, well, that, that was... didn't happen at the show I saw, though. Unfortunately, uh, it was an outdoor show, but you know, uh, but still, but still, it was still badass. You know? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Anyway, so that that brings an end to the EP. But the later yes. the later pressings brought the metal uh, metal massacre version to aggressor perfector, and I really want to talk about this too. Okay. Um, this song, and I know this ain't going to be popular, but this song is so killer and great. And, oh, my God, the drum sound is so shitty that I love it. It, it, it brings charm, you know, because you could tell this is when Slayer had no money, you know. And uh, what do you call it? Like, probably Blind Saber goes, eh, I'll put you on the Metal Massacre, but you got to pay yourself. Like, oh, fuck, dude. You're going to have to get a job at Dairy Queen for a week, you know, to pay for this shit. The drum sounds are abysmal, but it's, it brings this charm. To this song and it's so chaotic and crazy and killer you know unfortunately it doesn't have the same production because it does stick out like a sore thumb but it is a great track but this is the unpopular thing i want to say and i really do think it's weird because uh they they re-recorded this song for the i don't know if it was specifically for the blood pack but i got that really rare blood pack that has seasoning and this with flutes and right shit. And it brings a re-recorded version of this song. And it's much faster with a great sound. And it's awesome. But everybody, I mean everybody, always slams that version. How it sucks and they fucked up the song. And I'm like, I don't get it. I think the re-recorded version is fucking awesome. And I love this song. It's so, it's so Slayer. This is like, that's very Show No Mercy. But obviously yes. because it came out before Show No Mercy. Uh, I love Aggressive Perfector. What a great fucking song. Yeah, uh, I, I love it as well. It does stick out like a sore thumb, and, and you kind of, you know, for people who maybe bought this later and didn't realize, this wasn't initially, you know, part of it. You know, because, I mean, like, wow, what the fuck is this? But I love it. It was like, on your knees! <laughs> I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, you down. On your knees! It's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, but but I love but then it, like I said you know I love the rawness of uh, of show no mercy you know and uh, but it is it's uh you know th that's another one if you've got somebody listening to this episode that's not a big Slayer person but if you like you know old school priest and and, and maiden you know and venom and shit like that well chances are you probably like Slayer anyway but if you don't man really check out uh, uh show no mercy because. Ooh man, it's it's a uh, that's a little classic slab of fucking metal in my ears. 
But uh, I, I do love this, and uh, I'm glad we included this on the uh, on our Hell Awaits review. And uh, I guess uh, when we do Show No Mercy, we'll we'll throw on Live Undead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that one. Ooh, spoiler alert. Oh shit. Yeah, really. I know I get a lot of shit from that one too. I like it, but I wish they would have like you know <laughs> that that crowd on that album, which you can tell it's just a bunch of drunken dudes in the in the recording studio. It's like weird, you know. It's just an odd live out live EP. But anyway, Ralph, they Ralph, sound good. Ralph's biggest complaint about that is you can hear me burping in the background. Yeah, I hate that shit. <laughs> shit tr- drives me nuts, man. Ah, uh, shit. All right. So, all right. So, so we're 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 done with the yes. EP. Now let's go into the epic full length second album. Uh, Hell Awaits. Yes, sir. Uh, again, like I said earlier, it starts with that little build-up and that real weird, you know, feedbacky guitar and Satan saying, uh, join us backwards over and over again, which was very appealing because, you know, back then, um, I wouldn't play my records backwards till I got, uh, <laughs> this is a funny story, uh, Feel the Fire, Overkill. The Overkill, and I'm sure you can't hear this on the CD. I don't know. You don't own that on vinyl, right? Have you ever heard Feel the Fire on vinyl? No, sir. Well, on the vinyl, <laughs> the way Feel the Fire ends, you hear Blitz say something backwards. He's like, <laughs> So I said, no. You know, it was bothering me. I wanted to hear what he was saying, so I played it backwards by spinning the record backwards. And what Blitz says is like, there's no message here. You're going to ruin your record player, asshole. <laughs> but I didn't know forever that he was saying, join us. You know, I don't, and I can't recall when is the first time I, I heard that's what he was saying. But I knew it was something backwards. And I was, in my mind, when I was a kid, I thought it was saying Satan. Satan. You know, backwards. But it was join us. Uh, yeah. Rapid fire vocals, you know, like, you know, you know, cannot be saved. Eternally. Hello, Wade. And, and, and that Hello, Wade is like, dude, that's pre death metal. Like, if you eliminate Tom's vocals, that's death metal. That's death metal vocals. And very influential to death metal Slayer. You know? Oh, and, fuck yeah. As well as uh, uh, Venom. And Motorhead, too. You know, Motorhead, Motorhead influenced everything. You know, as far I, I as th- like extreme metal, I think someday when when the books are opened up, uh, it, you know, Metallica will always be the biggest. But I think overall, Slayer has had a bigger influence as a whole on on you know not only the genre but the many subgenres of metal. Yes, I I, I think Slay- Slayer is far inspired more people. Yeah, extreme metal. Yes, yes. Yeah, when it comes to extreme metal, Slayer may be the most influential of all. You know, yeah. cause, uh, for, for better or for worse, but but yeah, it, it, it you can't deny it. You it know? should be Motorhead, but Slayer had a bigger impact, unfortunately. Right. Because you know I'm a bigger Motorhead fan. I mean, first time I saw Slayer, Motorhead opened. You know, it's just wow. goes to show. But um, uh, yeah, this song is like insane. First song I heard from the album, watch watching uh. Uh, like I said, when I uh, watched that bus stop, and I ended up finding the album, and man, 
I remember laying in bed looking at this shit. And what was so cool about this album was the inner sleeve had a picture, you know, like a collage. And some of those pictures was Slayer hanging out with Merciful Fate, which was so cool. Because that back then, let me tell you, back then, Merciful Fate, if you would have told me back then that, that King Diamond, even King Diamond would have had an MTV video, you know, I would have been like, dude, you got to hand me some of those drugs you're taking, you know? Because I would have never in my wildest dream ever thought Merciful Fate or King Diamond would ever have any kind of, you know, uh, main mainstream, you know, as they do now. Well, King Diamond does. Uh, and it was just so cool to see Merciful Fate with Slayer. You know, and back then I also thought Slayer, well, I mean, obviously Slayer, Merciful Fate, and Venom were three bands I thought were never going to make it because it was impossible to find their records. You know, you can only find them in, you know. It wasn't until Rain and Blood, and, and, and the reason Rain and Blood, I mean, Rain and Blood wasn't like, you know, Master of Puppets or anything as far as popularity, but they were signed to a bigger label. Yeah, uh, yeah. Def Jam was distributed by who? I know it was a uh, uh, I believe Columbia. There you go. So they got more, and 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 a lot of shit for that album too. Oh yeah. Angel of Death was very. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, you know what it was? Uh, Rain and Blood was supposed to come out on Geffen Records. That's what happened. And was I actually, it? yeah, I actually was have. It Geffen? Yeah, I actually have the. MTV News uh, piece on that on video where they say, you know, Slayer was joined by, uh, signed by Epic Records, but Epic Records dropped them because of Rain and Blood. You, you mean Geffen, Geffen. What did I say, Epic? You just said Epic. Yeah, yeah I, I remember I remember something like that and it was like uh, even Columbia wasn't happy, but it was like, technically it was Death Jam, which was a rap label but distributed by Columbia by CBS. And something that I don't, I'm not sure if you're aware of, after Rain and Blood was released, uh, Dave Lombardo left. Yes, yes. And they had pictures of some other drummer, but it never... Uh, t Tony Scaglinoli or some shit like that. It's some kind of Eddie Spaghetti Italian name. Yeah. And, uh, right. and then the, 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 the Tony Scaglinoli guy, is is he the dude that was from uh, Whiplash? Yes, the, yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, yes, from Whiplash, right. yeah. That's right. And, and, and he, he did uh, the beginning of that tour, and then Lombardo, uh, Lombardo came back. Yeah. Which always struck me as weird, because I, as much as I love Dave Lombardo, all this history of him coming and going and coming and going, I'm always like, you know, is it Slayer, or is it Dave Lombardo? You know? Because yeah, yeah. I love Lombardo, but he's pulled this shit so many times, it's like, you know, who... who, who Who's the prick here? That's what I'm trying to figure out, you know? I know. It's it, it's hard for me to blame Lombardo because I love that guy so much. Yeah, he's, exactly. He's a fellow Cuban. And he's from my hometown, Hialeah, Florida. And, yes. Uh, anyway, so um, so is Rudy Sarzo, by the way. Uh, they both come from the same town. Ain't that weird? And they went to L.A. and made it. But, uh... Yeah, what happened to you? You should have stayed in L.A. I never went to L.A. Yeah, I mean, I never I never joined a band in L.A., you know? But um, anyway, so, um, yeah, I'm stuck here in Florida. No, but I'm still a big rock star in my head. And that's all that matters. Fuck everybody else. As long as I wake up in the morning going, oh, come here and let's jack off. I love you. You know, I'm so gay for you. 
You know, I always joke around being a fag, but I'm not really gay, but I gotta admit, I do masturbate, so technically I'm a fag for me. Because uh, I, I, I jerk myself off. I jerk off a cock. <laughs> what a homo. Hella waits. Oh, look, my phone's <laughs> ringing, and I must turn it off. Oh, you know who it is? I'll give, I'll, I'll, give oh my you, God. I'll give you a hint who it is. Wait, I'll put him on the air. Hold on. Oh, shit. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Hello? Oh, hey. Are you going to be around today? You know who that is, Ian? Wiki, 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 wiki. No, I'll, I'll oh. give you a hint. I love that guy. Ruben De La Rosa. Yes, I love Ruben that De La Rosa. Guy. I'm in the middle of doing podcasts. What time are you going to come by? Uh, all right. All right, cool. Call me. Right, Tell Ruben yeah. I love him. He loves you. Right. <laughs> anyway, so what was I saying? Um, oh, yeah, that I'm a, I'm a fag for me. And speaking of uh, gayness, uh, that Satan loves that shit. Hell Awaits, man. What a great fucking song. And uh, the first track I heard off this album. And uh, total mind-blowing. And, yes, you know, now that I think about it, uh, that was on the Ultimate Revenge home video, so... I, since I heard Chemical Warfare for the first time, it must have been the first time I ever heard Hell Awaits, too. Was on uh, was on the Ultimate Revenge video. But, you know, I mean, uh, I know for sure I bought that album in 85. It was October. I even remember the month. October of 1985, because by then I had a little money in L.A. Well, until November, things ran dry. Um, that I bought that album. I bought a few albums. You know what I bought in L.A. with that album? This is the funniest shit ever. The Peter Chris solo album. Boy, you talk about a contrast. But it was there for like 50 cents. Oh, you got robbed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never heard it before, and I was like, oh, let me get this too. I bought brand new Slayer, in which I still own that same vinyl to this day. All right, so tell me what you think of the title track, Hello Apes. Well, well, first of all, I just want to say that Peter Chris was the first album that I ever played backwards. <laughs> it sounded better, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what he's saying back? You, you know what? If you play it backwards, it says, when it comes to drumming, I'm a good singer. <laughs> I'm going to get replaced by Eric Singer. Uh, oh, title track. Holy fuck, man. Is that fucking evil? Is that fucking metal? Whoo, man. And it's something I really didn't appreciate this album. Like I said, this one was a grower for me. And it's one of those things I would keep visiting but for some reason it would never catch on and i was like i know i'm missing something here because it's always cited as being so influential and and so many people say oh that's my favorite you know even over rain and blood they're like oh no it's all about hella weights hella weights and it took me a long time and maybe what it took for me was getting into merciful fate because uh, again that's something that took me a while because of king's vocals and uh but once I got into Merciful Fate and going back and listening to this and then, you know, you, you see through interviews that, you know, Carrie King and Jeff Hanneman saying what an influence that had on their songwriting, uh, it makes perfect sense because this is really going to the next fucking level. And it, it's weird because it has all the fucking, like, interesting changes, but nobody has a guitar style like fucking Hanneman and King. I mean, it was really like, uh, like controlled noise, you know. Like I, I would hate to see tablature for, <laughs> for fucking Slayer, because it's just so weird and fucking 
off the cuff, but it's awesome and it's unique. You know, and I knew a guy who could play guitar, amazing guitar player, could play any fucking Metallica song and fucking nail it. And he hated fucking Slayer. I mean, he was a Christian, though. But he hated Slayer, and he's like, oh, and the guitars are just noise. But it's like controlled noise, and it's so, like, fucking... I don't know. It's unique. I fucking love it. Uh, the way it's got the slow build, you know, and then, you know... I, I don't know how to say it backwards, but the whole joint is part, but then when it kicks in, you know, oh my god, you know, not not much to say that you haven't said, but uh, wow, how, how this must have been if you were previously a Slayer fan, and then you put this on, uh, fucking amazing, and, and, and another thing I want to point out is the fucking cover art to this was so evil, you know, for that time, too, you know, it's like, there was nothing like the cover to this. You know, and I'm not even talking about the Slayer logo, but just like the demons ripping out eyes and fucking heads ripped out. You know, there was no yeah. cannibal there was no cannibal corpse at this time. Tearing the guts out of that one dude. Yeah, dude. I mean it's just like wow. You know, there's there's no Rick Springfield album cover that looks like this. <laughs> you know, this is like this is as metal as it fucking gets, you know. Even, even the other, you know, big four artists, none of them had uh, cover art as graphic as Slayer. Right. Ama amazing, total package. Uh, so then we go into the next song, which is Kill Again. Oh, my God. Uh, pure power, pounding fucking Slayer. And and, and a great way to, to follow up Hella Waits, because, you know, how, how, do, how do you, you know... You know, fucking Hella Waits is so like bombastic. Where do you go after that? You have to just keep on. You can't just. You can't play the tip game, man. You gotta fucking jam it all in there. And this is the perfect song to fucking follow Hella Waits. Just unrelenting. Nothing like this at the time. Even Metallica, any of the other big four, nobody was going as hard and fast and chaotic. And uh, absolutely love Kill Again. Probably in my top three on the album. Love it. What do you think? No apparent motive. Kill it, kill it again. Survive my beautiful thrashing. I'll hunt it till the end. My life's a constant battle. The rage of many men. Homicidal maniac. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember reading these lyrics. And again, you know, they're getting away from the hell and Satan shit on this song as well. I think this song is about Jack the Ripper. Because of uh, lurking in the dismal fog. You know, that, that kind of... And then also, like, Rape and Ravage Lady Fair. That's very British. Uh, and Pledge to Die. I, I, and, you know, and, and uh, Kerry has gone on record saying, you know, he's the biggest Judas Priest fan. So maybe he took the Ripper and made it into this... I wouldn't say this song is thrash, though. You know, it's it's more, I don't know, Slayer. You know, I think Rain and Blood was more of a thrash album than these first two. These first two, like, you know, they, they sped up. Speed metal is a great way of saying it. And, uh, oh my god, I love this fucking song. Are you kidding me? This is another song that should come back in a fucking set list. It's, it's, it's hooky and catchy from Slayer. Have, uh, have you ever seen this played live? Never. Ever. Unfortunately, I've never seen them play this live. They didn't play it on the uh, South Heaven tour. Or any tour that followed it. They might have brought it back on the set list on some show, but I didn't see that. Show. 
I'm, I'm trying to think, but I think I've only heard three songs off of this live. Um, uh, Hella Waits at Dawn They Sleep, and I believe this last tour, I, I could, oh my god, I was so fucking drunk, but I think they played uh, uh, Necrophiliac. Yeah, Necrophiliac is, it does show up now and then. Right, but I, I don't think I've ever heard anything else off this album. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Those, I, and it, as memory serves me correct, I think those are the only three songs I've ever seen them play from this album, all through their history of seeing them live. But uh, if I had to pick one I want to hear off this album that I haven't, it would be Kill Again. Uh, probably my second favorite on this album. Um, yeah, it's great. It's And this one has a, a Show No Mercy feel. You know, it kind of has that, you know... This could have fit on Show No Mercy, uh, which is like, you know, probably the only one because everything else on here sounds like a progression of Slayer. But this one's a little, not totally Show No Mercy, but it's a bit of a throwback on like every other song on this album. Um, and I love it. I think Kill Again is fucking awesome. The next one's at Dawn Sleep, right? Yes, sir. Boy, I've seen them play this one a lot. And yes, another song, uh, I believe it's about vampires. Yes, sir. And uh, you see, it's not all about Satan, or um, or it could, it could be about Terrence. He's a night owl. <laughs> all right, but anyway, uh, yes, you know, I, I love this one as well. With the blood creatures of the night, nocturnal specters hiding from the light. You know, it's, you know, apparition from the pits of hell. I love that shit, dude. You know, the little speed up part. And, it's just so fucking epic and great, and and it's a fan favorite. You know, this is one that a lot of people love. You know, a lot of people like point at this as the greatest Slayer song or, or the best Slayer song on Halloween. And you know, I almost agree. Uh, I would put this close to my second favorite. Uh, I, I think I thought this is fucking epic and great. And I remember the first time uh, I saw them play this was. Uh, Actually, without Lombardo, it was uh, the first uh, the first tour without Lombardo. Uh, what was that name of that album? Divine Intervention. Yes. That and made the set list on that. They might have played it on Show No Mercy. I mean, Show No Mercy. Uh, South of Heaven, but I don't recall. But I do remember when they played it that night, which I have that on video. That whole show, West Palm Beach, and uh, it's just a, a, a an ep- probably the epic song from the album. Uh, it's long and it's great and it keeps me very interested. I love it. What do you think? Oh yeah, I fucking love this one. This is Dave Lombardo's favorite track off the album. Uh, th- this is like Twilight for headbangers. Yes, it, it is the vampire song. Wow, what a gay way of putting it. I know, right? <laughs> but also, you know, like I said, there's other lyrics, you know, here uh, that make me think it's about Terrence. You know, when he says. Of talent, I am void. My dad just bought me the new Pink Floyd. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that makes me think it could be about our former co-host. Um, but nah, man, it, it, it's fucking awesome uh, and uh, and epic. And and again, you know, it's like seeing him doing. You know, I think this is the last time you'd see him doing songs this long too. I really can't think of you know after this album. I mean, there's uh, you know, the title track, the seasons. Yeah, uh, but other than that, they really, you know, it was more, well, you know, they, the blood kind of long. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, I don't. It think just so. had a long intro. But uh, 
you, you know, they went the opposite direction with the next album, of course. Everything on Rain and Butt, Blood is so slow, I mean, uh, so short. But, uh, man, I, I like when they fucking spread it out and just keep pummeling you. And, uh, yeah, definitely a highlight on the record. I love it. And then I'll take the next one, which is Praise of Death. Yeah. Holy shit. Unrelenting, bashing fucking Slayer. And Hark, is that bass I hear? <laughs> you can actually hear bass in this song. Yep. I think I think this might be the only Slayer song where you can hear Tom Mariah other than vocally. Like, like everybody stops and it's only bass. I fucking love it. I love it. That's a I wish there was more of that in fucking Slayer, but uh, but there's not. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, when this episode airs, uh, you Slayer fanatics listening, let me know. Is there another Slayer song where you really hear the bass out like that? There is, but it doesn't really count. It's the punk album. Oh, okay. Undisputed attitude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't think of anywhere else where you really hear that he's actually playing that thing. But uh, I, I love this song. Fucking classic, amazing Slayer. Uh, and, and and this one's a little bit, you know, uh, a bridge of the old and the new. But uh, one of my favorites on here for sure. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, there's not a bad song. It's hard for me to pick my favorites because they're all so fucking good. I mean, I do have a favorite, but this one, again, it kicks off side two, like, bam, like Captor of Sin, kind of, like, really chaotic and fast and and just crazy. And then, like, when you think it just it can't get crazier, after the, the lead break, fucking Tom Araya is, like, running and hunting and slashing and crushing and searching and seeing and stabbing and shooting and thrashing and smashing and burning, destroying and killing and bleeding and bleeding to death! <laughs> you know, and then back into the solo, but not only Kerry King, but you know, Hanneman and solo trade off, you know, on the solos on this, and it's just fucking, oh my god. Another one I would love to see them bring this back in, but it's just, I don't know, you know, at, mo at Mach 10 velocity, like the fucking uh, lyrics say, you know, pressure bills can't take the strain, lifeblood flew. To, to the grave, dripping sweat, death shall erase. I love that, dude. It's so evil. And, uh, yeah, Praise the Death is awesome. On a side note, uh, my ex-guitar player one time came to me and said, dude, I have a great idea for a song. Let's, I have a song called Pray of Death. Pray for Death. And I was like, it sounds too much like Praise of Death. No. So I shot that down because of that. But uh, And then Body Count on their last album has a song called Pray, uh, pray for death, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I'm glad we didn't do it because I don't know if we could have done it better than fucking that body count song. Because that body count song is as brutal as this one. You know, he talks about pliers and shit like that to kill people. Anyway, uh, Praise of Death is a very deep track, and uh, I know they didn't play this on on, on uh, the South of Heaven tour. This one, I think, only survived the Hello Age tour. And it's such a great fucking song. I love it. And now I'll go into my favorite track, Necrophilia. Which I did see uh, the first time I ever saw Slayer. It had that classic intro where Tom Araya is talking about eating maggots out off a dead old lady's pussy from the grave. He used to say that intro in the song. Like, uh, feeling the crunch of the maggots in my mouth. I was fucking sick as fuck, you know? <laughs> 
it's, yeah. it's pretty brutal, you know, you think about it. It's definitely not, hey, I hear Cleveland likes to party. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> you know. I, you know, it's, it's just an epic song. And, you know, I always love the line, I feel the urge, the growing need to fuck a simple corpse. I always loved that line. It was like, what a fucking sick-ass song. You want to talk about, like, this is them, like, pushing the envelope? Because seriously, you know, I mean, a song about, you know, I mean, Alice Cooper did it, you know, uh, with Cole Dethel. Uh, which, which again is and uh, Marianne. Oh, or, no, that's no, true. No, 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 that was about fucking a dude. Uh, oh, I love, I love, I love the dead. I love the dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Technically, does he talk about fucking the dead in that song? Yeah, he, he loves yeah. the dead. Yeah, no, that's what he's saying. I love the dead. Uh, Before they rise, no farewell, yeah. no goodbyes. Yeah. I never knew you're now rotten face. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, where he goes, I got other uses for you, darling. For you, darling, yeah. Yeah, it's yep. you know, it's it, it's it, you know, it's it's open for interpretation. Where this one is like, I feel the urge, the growing need to fuck a simple corpse, and and I think also another dead giveaway is the is the title is the title of the song, necrophiliac. That means to fuck a corpse. So anyway, yeah, my favorite track off the album. Uh, I love the fucking breakdown section of it. And, and of course, like, my favorite part where he goes, down to the fiery pits of hell. I remember rewinding that over and over again when he goes, yeah. I would always play that back. I always love that echoey effect in his voice when he says that, and it's just so good. And it's so short and to the point, but definitely my favorite track off Hello Waits is Necrophiliac. And I have yet to fuck a dead chick. I mean, I fucked some dead fucks, but they were breathing. Well, I, I think they even take it to the next level because when he says, I'd love to fuck a simple corpse, I, I think he's talking like, you know, like a simple jack. You know, you, you know, like not only is it a dead person, but they were slow too. So that, that's like a whole nother charge. You know, I think. Uh, I, I, you makes my eyes rain. All right. Uh, love this one, man. Uh, great album track. Uh, you know, to me, this one, it, while I love it, it doesn't stick out as much as the others. Uh, but I love it, and I, I love that it's got like the slower chug part in the song. Yeah, very you know, trashy. It, That's yeah, trash. When it, when it takes it down a little bit, and then it's like, ding, 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 ding. man, uh, killer, killer song. Uh, and I, I know this went over real good last time I saw him. Uh, really got the pick. You know, when that part started, man, the pit was going fucking nuts. Love this song. All right, now we go into uh, Crips of Eternity. Man, just more proof of the growth of this band. You, you know, I mean, just night and day above what they did on Show No Mercy. Not, I mean, like I said, not to say that... It, I, I mean, it is better, but it's not, not to put that down. But to, to think that a band could evolve that much musically... And uh, uh, songwriting-wise is amazing. Uh, one of my favorites on here that you never hear anybody talk about. Yes. Uh, 
you know, it, it's the longest song on the album, and I think it's killer and definitely doesn't get enough uh, attention or praise. Uh, you know, again, this is one, you know, shit, like I said, play the whole fucking album. But this is one I definitely think uh, could be pulled off live and, and, and could be amazing, where they could just, like, go off and fucking, you know, do something that's a little bit unslayer in concert, you know? Uh, uh, this song has that, you know, you know, they could do that with this. Love Crips of Eternity. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love it. And, uh, and it does show a kind of like a bit of a different shade of color. It does have kind of like the at Dawn of Sleep type of vibe, but uh, I guess because it's long and shit, it's somewhat new tempo part. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a real deep track where nobody ever talks about. Well, actually, the album ends that way. Two albums, two songs that that nobody really talks about, and they're so fucking good. And uh, this one is fucking great, you know, like. Grinding bones, screaming skulls, broken by the lapse of time, decay to powder, ashes to dust, diminished, disintegrated, man's soul and mind. I mean, that right there. You know, Tom Mariah is very, very underrated as a demented fucking songwriter. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he wrote the lyrics to this. Yeah, he did. He well, yeah, well, yeah, this is one of two that, uh, that he was involved in the lyrics. Yeah. I, I mean, a, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of the lyrics... Were Hanneman and King, especially in the early years. I think Araya did a lot on Rain of Blood, though, right? I'm almost positive. Oh, uh, let me. I, I want to. I know that. Hanneman had a lot to do with Angel's death, but I think uh, Araya uh, had more of a hand in the lyrics. Uh, uh, I think... No, no, no. No. Okay. As, as a matter of fact, he has no writing, no lyric credits on uh, Rain of Blood. Boy, is my face red. Anyway, yep. so, yeah, I love this fucking song, and, uh, yeah, another deep track. It's, it's a deep track, but, you know, this album, it's weird, because this album is solid from beginning to end, but for some reason, the last two tracks are the ones that nobody really talks about, and I think they're both, I'm sorry, I think they're just as good as the rest of the album. I don't think this album tapers off. I think it stays solid from the first note to the last note, you know? Which, oddly enough, ends the same way as it began. But, uh, yeah, great fucking song. And it ends with Harding of the Arteries. Yes, sir. Uh, another one, man. I always, always love this song. This song is so fucking crazy and fast and fucking furious and, and a great way to end this fucking epic album. And, and it's a shame. It's a shame how this one is not, you know, really looked upon because... I don't know why this, you know, these songs don't get, these last two songs don't get the respect, you know, from, like, like the rest of these songs do. I think they're fucking great, you know. Uh, I love Heart and Arteries. I know I got a little short thing, but I feel like, you know, Crypto Eternity, Hardening of the Arteries are kind of, uh, you know, like two songs that, uh, that are, that are very, like the underdogs, you know, of this album, you know, and, and respectfully so, and I don't think uh, it's any less as good as the rest of it. And uh, that's all I can say about it. I really love, uh, you know, sadistic mind, delayed of death, a twisted life, malicious world. You know, I love that malicious world. I love that shit. The crippled youth tried to dismay, to sabotage the carcass earth. Fucking awesome. 
Well, I will say this is my least favorite track on the album. Uh, and again, that's not saying I hate it. It's just, uh, to me, it's at least the first half of the song isn't on par with the rest. But the, but like from the middle point to the end, totally makes up for it. Totally fucking, uh, saves it. And like I said, it's not bad. It's just, uh, you're not giving me nothing new here, but man, from the middle point where it starts, you know, breaking down and then I love how this ends the same way it starts, you know, and I've heard, I was listening to it today on headphones and I couldn't hear it, but there's supposed to be backwards, uh, messaging on, uh, on this song and I couldn't hear it and, and where it's saying, welcome back, but I didn't, I, I couldn't hear it. Did, did you hear that on yours? No, no, I never even knew that. Maybe during the end where they repeat the intro to Hello 8, maybe? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I was trying to pick it up, and I was like, man, I, I think wonder... there is. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think there is a little grunting when it's re- when it gets really loud yeah. in the fade-out. I yeah. think I have to re-listen to that again. You know, maybe I might have a, you know, a different edition that, you know... Because you know how it is when they go back and remaster shit. Sometimes stuff gets lost. Maybe that got lost in the, you know, the remastering for this. But, uh, but, oh, I just, I, I love the way that it fades out like that because it just makes it all seem like one piece, like one trip to fucking hell. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and, man, just incredible. Uh, I really hope people go back and, and check this out. Or, or maybe, you know, if, if you already know you love it, go back and revisit it. So I'm recapping. Hardy and Audrey's, I mean, you don't hate it, but it's not really, you know, it doesn't really grab you that much, right? Well, the first half, the second, the second half does. But yeah, no, no, I don't hate it at all. But yeah, I but the think... first half doesn't grab you like, let's say, uh, uh, uh musica, like Diablos uh, and musica, right? Well, yeah, I, I know. There I know you have that. it, kids. I know you're trying to rag on me. I love <laughs> that album, though. I love it. There's songs on that album better than Harder Than Your Audrey. Can't be that good. I don't know, there's some shit I really love on that, but, you know, I don't know. I dig it. I hear you. Now, I'm not only goofing on you, I'm goofing on anybody else that likes the album for music and, and, and only hey, half th- of their song. There, there's not a lot of us. <laughs> a lot of people hate that fucking album. The drummer of uh, Combat loves that album. Yeah, but everybody hates him, so. That's true. Doesn't make me look good. I don't, though. I mean, not anymore. I, I think me and Mike Sears are the only people who like Diabolus. Uh, my condolences to both of you. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our review. This album was released uh, March. It doesn't have a date, but released in March of 1985. Uh, only 37 minutes and 11 seconds of pure bliss. And yeah. that's lo- that's longer than Rain and Blood by, like, almost 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but man, uh, you you can't deny the uh, the the influence that's uh, coming, you know, from this record, and uh, definitely go check it out. Yes, if you know it's good for you. That's right. All right, Ralph. Well, do you have a pick of the week? Yes, I do. All right, let's hear it. Uh, I have to pick this one because it is in the vein of uh, Show No Mercy, and it's by far my favorite Venom album, by far. 
You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, black metal. Black metal's great. Not bashing black metal at all. But holy crap, mackerel with cheese. Fucking welcome to hell. You talk about, you know, you want to talk about fucking uh, Slayer Bay and Evil? Go listen to that one. I think Slayer met their match. Because Venom is just as evil. In some, in some instances, almost more evil. Because those guys just really didn't give a fuck. You know, we, we all know that, you know, now that, uh, you know, Tom Araya is a Christian and stuff like that. But, uh, boy, you know, Cronus? <laughs> that motherfucker is, is the devil, man. That forehead will put you under the spell. Dude, that fucking... The song Angel Dust and Poison. I want to cover Poison so bad. You know, live like an angel, die like a devil. You know, and League with Satan, of course, is like the hit, the hit song in League with Satan. Uh, the title track, Ma'am with Mercy. You know, 1,000 Days of... Th fucking Witching Hour, dude. This whole album from beginning to end, from fucking Sons of Satan to fucking Red Light Fever. It is such a great epic and very uh, original. But these guys were part of the new wave of British heavy metal movement, believe it or not. <coughs> they were like, you know, but everybody, dude, you take every fucking new wave of British heavy metal band cannot match the pure evil of Venom. And it's dirty. The production sucks. And that's what makes it so fucking great. And, uh, yeah, I remember buying this one, and for some weird reason, this one I got. You know, where, where the other one I didn't. Because listening to uh, Welcome to Hell for the first time, it was kind of like, you know, I already knew Merciful Fate. Merciful Fate was my first. Was my first of the, the, the trifecta evil band of back then. I mean, Celtic Frost, too, to an extent. You know, with Morbid Tales and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Throne Emperor? Whatever. Um, Morbid Tales is the shit. Uh, to me, they never fucking top Morbid Tales. Uh, but um, uh, Welcome to Hell is definitely my pick of the week. And, you know, just in case there is that rare person out there who's like, oh shit, I love fucking w Hell Awaits. Let me listen to this. And never heard Welcome to Hell, you will thank me. You will want to suck my dick, but unfortunately, I'm no fucking Greg Barnes. But. Ooh. You gotta check. You gotta check out this song. I will let your girlfriend. Oh no, that's right. You're gay. You won't. You don't. Yeah, I don't do it. Your mom. I'll let your mom suck my dick and tell you about it after you hear "Welcome Out." Because if you love "Hella Waits," and that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to pick something that somebody that likes "Hella Waits" would love. And anybody that does know both these albums, you know what I'm talking about. Hail Satan! Thank you. Hail Satan! Do, do you know the story of uh, uh, the the Venom uh, Slayer Exodus tour uh, about uh, Kronos knocking out uh, Tom Araya? Yeah. Yes, in Canada. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, Tom Araya was very drunk, very drunk. Walked onto Venom's bus and, and was like, oh, fuck, I got to piss. Where's the toilet? And Kronos joking around opened his mouth and said, right here. So Tom Mariah started pissing on him. <laughs> and Kronos got out and fucking just laid one on uh, 
on Tom. I don't know if he knocked him out, but he, he had a pretty good, and Tom had to finish the rest of the tour with a black eye. <laughs> That's pretty fucking intense. That's fucking awesome. And I think it's equally funny because, you know, I didn't know what you picked. I, as well, picked a Venom album. Mm. And, uh, and I picked one uh, where you couldn't go more 1-8. I mean, just it's just a different era of, uh, of Venom. And uh, I picked the reunion album, Cast in Stone. That's a great one. Yeah, I really, uh, Venom, I totally missed him the first time around. And still, I need to listen to the older shit. I, I know a few songs that, you, you know, I, of course, I love, uh, you know, In League with Satan and shit like that. But I really haven't checked that too much. But this is what I picked up. I was like, ah, let, let me get some Venom. And uh, this one just came out at the time, and I got, like, the special edition that came out right away where it's, like, the first disc is, is the album and the second disc is them re-recording. Uh, I, have, I have that, too. And, and and you know what? I I really like those re-recordings. It makes, you know, it, it makes these, these, these songs more polished and more accessible, but... I still think it sounds good, even produced well, you know. Yeah. Oh, definitely better production. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know, if you listen to some older Venom, and uh, you don't get that, like it's too raw or whatever, check this out. Get into this, and then go back, and you know, check out where they came from. Well, but, I would uh, I would really highly recommend one that really went under the radar was a re- um, was it Resurrection? Did they have an album called Resurrection? No. Um, uh, oh, fuck. That's, yeah. Sounds, sounds like one of the later ones. After the reunion era broke Yeah, up. yeah. It was after. I think, I believe it was the one right after that album you're talking about. Calm Before yeah. the Storm was good. That didn't have, uh, and Primeval didn't have Kronos. Yeah. But they were well, they, they, they had a lot without Kronos, actually, because he left like in like the mid-80s, and they went on for a good long time without Kronos. Yeah, I just grabbed it. It's called Resurrection. It's the one that came right out after Cast right. Stone. It came out in 2000. Oh, man, that album blew my mind, you know? I was like, well, I, th- I liked it more than Cast Stone. I, I highly recommend you check that one out. It came out like three years after Cast Stone. But Cast Stone's a really good album. I, I, you know, I'm not signing that one, but I thought, like, Resurrection was just like, wow. It, 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 it's different. It's a little more accessible, but it's still heavy as fuck. Yeah, but but that's that's why I recommended it for somebody who's like maybe that might be too raw for them. I'm like, this is something that it's accessible. Check this out, get a feeling for them, and then go back and you know check out the older shit. And then after that, go back and up and check out Resurrection. It's really good. There you go. Metal Black wasn't bad either, by the way. Yeah. I love Venom. I'm, I'm a big fan of all, all uh, eras of Venom. And I think, like, the new Venom, which is the only Venom I've ever seen live on the 70 Tons of Metal, were fucking badass. They were just so good. And I got to meet Kronos, and he was such a fucking funny motherfucker to me. I've heard nightmares about him, and I met him two times. I met him at the meet and greet on the ship, and I uh, was extremely drunk in an elevator with him on the ship. And he was very... That was the first time I met him before the meet and greet. I was like... Yeah, I did not want to be like fanboy, but right. but he was there, and I just like you know was standing there quiet for about five seconds, and then I went, and then I just looked at him and I go, you know I'm the ship because of you, man. I've never seen Venom, and I'm here because Venom is the band I want to see the most out of everybody. And he's like, right on, right on, mate. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. Short awesome. little combo. But then I met him and I had him sign my 
my Welcome to Hell and Black, uh, my Black Metal, Welcome to Hell, and I have the single for Warhead. You ever heard that song, Warhead? Yes. Badass yes. song, man, which they played live, too, that day. And he said that in the meeting, he was, you know, playing Warhead tonight. I was like, awesome, dude. Awesome band. I love them. And that new drummer they got is God. Right on. And, and I, I love, I, I love that Lemmy hated Venom like I hate Sammy Hagar. But he ended up changing his tune. Oh, did he? Yes. There's an interview on YouTube where he's like, "Yeah, I gave Venom a lot of shit, but you know what? They're all right. They're all right, guys. They're, they're, I, I, I was a little too rough on them back then. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> but there is that classic old school picture of like Kronos doing that face, like ah, and Ve and Lemmy behind him looking at a face of disgust. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the interview. Uh, I think it was Sam Dunn that was interviewing Lemmy. And he's like, oh, when I was when I was 12, I really loved Venom. I thought, you know, they were the best. And Lemmy's like, yeah, when you're fucking 12, you think a good day at the beach is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, and that, and, and yeah. It just made fun of the fact that notoriously, uh, you know, in their heyday, uh, they really weren't the best musicians and very seldomly were in tune. Yeah. And, no, and they, were, they were a fucking mess, and that's what I loved about them. Nobody was that sloppy, you know? A lot of right. people accuse Motorhead. Yeah, Motorhead was fucking dream theater compared to fucking Venom. Oh, yeah. And even Kerry King in an interview, he's laughing, talking about his love for Venom. He goes, he goes, they're so fucking bad. He goes, but I fucking love them. <laughs> you know who didn't like Venom? Who fucking Cliff Burton. Really? Yeah. Uh, check out the interview I did with uh, Mark. How do you pronounce his last name? Arzaguayo. I did an I did an interview with him on his tour bus. It's up on YouTube. Dr. Oh, uh, from uh, uh, Death, Death Angel. Angel. Death Angel. Yeah. And I told him, give, uh, tell me a cool uh, Cliff Burton story. And he goes, oh, you know, I got so many. But one thing I do remember is one time I went to a club wearing a Venom shirt. And Cliff Burton came up to him and he started like poking his shirt going, you guys are way better than them. And that was after Cliff Burton came back from a tour with Venom in the in the UK. It was during the Kill em All era, you know? Right. So yeah, Cliff Burton was not a fan of Venom. But don't let that deter you to go check out Venom. Yeah, yeah. And, and surprisingly, this is the first time we ever did this. We both picked the same band and nobody knew. Exactly, so check out, yeah. check out some Venom. Yes. Go for it. All right. Well, now we go into fan of the week, and uh, fan of the week this week is is ah this fucking sucks because she was a big fan of our Star Wars episode, and uh, shit. As the day we're recording this, we just lost Princess Leia. Unbelievably sad. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw a thing up online the other day. You know, we're recording this a couple days after Christmas, uh, where her mother Debbie Reynolds said she was in stable condition. Yeah. So I was, I was hoping she was going to pull out of this, but alas, uh, probably about thirty minutes before we started recording this episode, it was announced that uh, Princess Leia Carrie Fisher has passed away. And, uh, and I, you know, I loved her so much in my all-time favorite comedy movie of all time, which is... The Blues Brothers. Hell yeah. Was she awesome in that movie? You, you know, the funny thing is, and I I almost did this, and then at the end I was like, no, I gotta put up Princess Leia. But I, I, I changed, I, I've been, 
like I've been off of Facebook while I'm on vacation. Like I'm just taking a fucking vacation from everything. And I was like, oh fuck, I got it for Princess Leia. I got to do it. But I almost put up a picture of her from the Blues Brothers because I'm like everybody's gonna put up a Princess Leia. I did. I actually did. Go to my page. I put up. Oh three, yeah. I put three pictures of her from the Blues Brothers holding the gun, and a oh. close up of her face. She oh. was so hot, man. Oh, she was so hot in the Blues Brothers. Oh so my hot. god. And and you know just the way John Belushi like. Kisses her and throws her in the mud. It's just so classic. Oh, that's the best. And but, like uh, my favorite scene of the Blues Brothers is when she blows up the building, and they fall in the rubble, and then they come out of the rubble, and they're like, "We're late," and they leave. Oh fuck. Uh, and and my pro, not my profile picture. You know the big picture above? It's a picture of her with the Blues Brothers, like off the set, like sitting down on chairs, like with Jake and Elwood. Uh, I loved her in that movie. Yeah, I I, I love Star Wars. You know and. And I would have put a Princess Leia, but I just wanted to say, you know, I wanted to do a little tribute to her just to let people know she wasn't only Princess Leia, you know. Right. And she was really funny as a nun on Jane, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and she was a party girl, man. Uh, yeah. Fuck, man. I think she would love this show. So oh, yeah. e- even though, uh, you know, she might not have got to her, I think she would have liked this. And uh, our hats off to Carrie Fisher. I know a lot of us, man. That was like a... A first crush, you know, was Princess Leia. Yeah. And, uh, sad to hear, man. 2016 keeps striking. And please, please, before New Year's, can you get Sammy? Can you can you just take a shitty person, too? You know? Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, dedicate this episode, this Slayer episode that you probably won't even hear to, like, February or March. This is going out to you, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. You are our fan of the week. Yeah. Good, good fan of the week. Very appropriate. All right. Let's go to the plugs. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes. Gregson Bootlegs and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting Podkissed, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and we're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulik, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... 
you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watch It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this satanic episode, come back next week. Slaytanic, by the way. Yes. Uh, where we offer an unsignable contract to Dave Lombardo to join the podcast. <laughs> Unsignable contract? Yeah, he thinks he thinks Slayer offered him a shitty deal. What do you see? What we have to offer? Yeah, we're gonna put his picture on the T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, and then we're gonna make him pay us to be on the show. We're gonna Let's... we're gonna we're gonna put his picture on the T-shirt, and then we're gonna pull a Scott Green on him. <laughs> yeah, all the money goes to charity, the pay our rent charity. Yeah. <laughs> see if he's dumb enough to take it next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Slayer. <laughs>